0: Hello world, welcome to Young's Uplifting Expressions with yours truly, Darlene. Motivational, inspiring, encouraging. That is who I am and that is what I do to you i say get up get moving and live it's time for you to live your life now if you missed last week's show we had a wonderful guest and you know i think all of our guests are wonderful our guest speaker was pastor Jessica Selby-Davis from Arkansas. And her topic was Marriage Medicine 101. If for some reason you missed that show, then you can go to e-line tv.com. You can watch our shows on Apple, on iHeart uh, Radio. And you can look at us, listen to us on Apple and also on Spotify. And now you know I want to hear from you. So please go to my website at yuexpressions.com, yuexpressions.com, and send me a message or send me a story that you may want to share on our show. So today, My inspirational note is going to be on the word recalibrate. And the scripture reference that I'm going to use is from Psalm 51 and 10. When David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a righteous spirit within me. So. What does does recalibrate have to do with David asking God to create in him a clean heart and renew a righteous spirit within him? In our lives, we deal with different issues. We're in different spaces and in different places. And even though out of our heart flows the issues of life, to recalibrate means sometimes you got to replan, you got to readjust, you got to restructure. So that was something that went on in David's life where he knew in order for him to recalibrate that he needed help from God. Because in order for him to take that next step, in order for him to move forward, he said, look, Father, I need some help here. Look, God, I need your help. I need my heart to some surgery to be done on my heart. I need to be renewed. I need to be restored. So if you're in that place, it looks like you're standing still. You may think that you're stuck. Then I'm going to say to you, hey, listen, recalibrate. But to do it the right way, go into prayer, go into fasting and do what you got to do to make that next step. We all have to recalibrate and make some adjustments. Now, you know, at the end, during our African connection, we always have a trivial question. So the trivial question for today is going to be, what is Bishop Desmond Tutu known for? And Bishop Desmond Tutu is out of South Africa. So it's time for a commercial break. And as soon as we get back from the commercial, I will share a story with you out of the Avail Journal. everyone. During this segment, I read an article or a story, something that I believe will be uplifting for you. And I have been reading from Avail the Journal, and today I'm going to continue from Avail the Journal. And the story that I'm going to read from this journal today is by Sherry Riley. And her story is, Stop Working, Start Maximizing. She says, stop working. That's right. Stop working. Abandon the idea of working altogether, along with all the baggage that comes with that word. Start maximizing instead. From the time you wake up in the morning until the time you go to bed at night, invest all of your energy in maximizing your life in every area. Sometimes hard effort is involved in maximizing opportunities. Sometimes it isn't. But one thing Sherry Riley says that I can tell you for sure is that busy work does not equal productivity or guarantee forward movement. Labor and efforts have value only if they are serving to maximize your opportunities. You must stop thinking that just because you are working hard, you are accomplishing something. You must give up the trinity of the to-do list and invite a whole new paradigm into your life. This is what I would call recalibrate. Ms. Riley says working versus maximizing. When you spend your days with your hand head down, busily knocking things off of your to-do list, you cannot see opportunities popping up around you. Opportunities that might allow you to leap forward powerfully and gracefully in all your endeavors. By contrast, when you are open to see opportunities as your primary concern and then do not do only the work needed to maximize those opportunities, your life takes a quantum leap in both productivity and joy. Opportunity versus responsibility. An opportunity is something you actively desire and strive toward. A responsibility is something you are required to take care of. When you learn to look at life as a series of opportunities to maximize, a few things happen. You begin to realize that many of your present responsibilities actually contain life-enhancing energy. You have been robbing them of your vitality by seeing them as things you have to do rather than as privileges you are blessed to do. You begin to open up to new opportunities you hadn't even noticed before you start to use your time much more effectively. Less is more. To maximize opportunities is not to do more, but rather to accomplish more. And because you know how sometimes you can be working and you feel like you've done a whole lot of busy, busy and then you ask yourself, you feel like I've been busy, but what did I really do? Or what did I really get done? So basically, she's telling us to maximize opportunities is not to do more, but rather to accomplish more. In many ways, it is the the opposite of working hard. To maximize means to use your time and energy efficiently. It means asking yourself every day, what are the two or three things I can do today that will accomplish the most? Now, this also takes discipline as well, okay? I, Ms. Riley says that she recently read that Warren Buffett writes down 25 things that he needs to do. He then whistle, whittles the list to his top five. He then discards the list with the other 20 things on it. His philosophy is that the other items are distractions from his focusing committing to and maximizing what's most important. In football, yardage gain is often used to assess how well the team has played, but that is misleading. After all, yardage doesn't matter on the scoreboard. A team that racks up a lot of yards but doesn't score a lot of points is actually playing, playing inefficiently. It is working. It is working hard, marching up and down the field, but it isn't scoring touchdowns. Hmm. Touchdown yards, the yards that matter. A more meaningful metric that some analysts are using today is scoring efficiency. Your one thing. What is your one thing to maximize opportunities rather than just fill up time by working? Is it is crucial to know what your one thing is. By one, she's saying that I mean your overall navigating edge. We all have that one thing, don't you? Think think about this now. Y'all think, what's that one thing? that, hey, that energizes you, that can keep get you going, that's going to be constructive. Each of us has one essential gift we bring to the world that we do really well, and that is a fundamental aspect of who we are. Our one thing is what allows us to navigate the world with power that is unique to who we are. Now you may be saying but I just don't know. I don't know what my one thing is. Well, you you meditate, get quiet, reflect, seek God and pray. And just you know, just close your eyes, meditate, start writing things down. There's something God has given all of us a gift, a talent, a purpose in life. It's inside of you. You've just got to discover it, okay? What is your one thing? Maybe it's writing. Insightfully, you create your advantages through the the written word. Maybe it's working with people. Your ability to inspire and organize others is what helps you navigate your journey. Maybe it's your analytical approach, your skill at diagnosing and solving problems has always given you your edge so what is your edge always remember that talents can have expiration dates you might possess a skill set that is in demand today and then discover you cannot give it away tomorrow but your gift your gift is your eternal bloodline to your true purpose. Many people say that to identify your gift, you should answer the question, what would I do if money wasn't an issue? Hmm. And there is a great truth in the answer, but a more powerful question Ms. Shelley is asking is, I ask my clients and others in the profession that she does, is if there was one thing you could do, only one, what would that be? So what is that one thing that you would do if you had a choice and there was no money involved, no boundaries? What's that one thing that would bring you joy? Think about it and sit down and do some recalibrating and God will guide you his spirit, Holy Spirit would guide you into all truth because you do have purpose. And when we come back, we're going to have a wonderful conversation. I'm excited about our guest, Miss Shelly Lane. She's an educator. She's a businesswoman. She has some, she's coming back to tell us about rebuilding women. And we will be talking with her after the commercial break. excited about the person that we are going to be talking with on today. Her name is Mrs. Shelly Lane, and she is the CEO and founder of the Women Under Construction Network, WUCN. It is my pleasure to have Shelly Lane with us on today. Please, Ms. Lane, introduce yourself to our viewers.
1: Well, I'm so glad to be here. It is a wonderful privilege to be able to be part of your show. And again, Darlene, just watching you, it looks like you have such excitement for what you do, and I share that excitement with you. So congratulations on all that you do. And Women Under
0: Construction Network, we're glad to be here with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited because I'm, yeah, and by the way, you've got to view, see her website. Okay. The nonprofit organization is dedicated to women and their children from underdeserved communities facing critical economic provisional needs. Where did the idea come from to start this nonprofit? I wish I could say that it was some epiphany
1: that I had, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was actually because I was a single mom um, and after going through a divorce and and just a multitude of different things, I won't say they were tragic, but I will say that they were difficulties in my life. Mm-hmm. It kind of, pushed me to go ahead and do what I wish someone had done for me um, as, a, as a struggling woman. And that was develop an organization that could repair homes, build women, and change lives. And that's really where um, the Women Under Construction Network came from.
0: In your bio, it states, as a keynote and group speaker, Shelley inspires women and challenges them using home repair tools, which she then aligns with life principles. What is one substantial piece of advice you give to those women who are turning their life around with the work that you do?
1: I would probably say, Darlene, that the two life parallels are really what push us forward to, to be able to teach women. We teach women, one, how to use tools. I say to them, we teach a a little bit of home repair and a whole lot of life repair. Mm -hmm. And I would probably say out of one of our events, which was called, we do what we call power tool socials. Mm -hmm. And out of one of our particular events, um, that was called from stuck to unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And what I would say in that is we taught women how to repair their sinks so that their sinks, their physical sinks would be um, unstopped. But then we talked about motivating them to become unstoppable as women. So I guess to answer your question, I would probably say, and you said this a little bit when you were talking about recalibrating, Mm -hmm. and that is find that one thing Mm -hmm. that can move you forward because Mm -hmm. all of us face issues, all of us face dilemmas, all of us face those cliff moments where we feel like it's either fight or flight. And so in this case, what we try to do is build on those things that make a woman a woman, build on her strength, build on her integrity, build on her failures. And that's what I would probably say in terms of any woman that we talk to, build on who you are, not on, you can build on the broken pieces and make those
0: strong for you. When I was reviewing looking at your website, one of the things that touched me is because you know, I'm a single woman, and you know, they are actually, listen, folks, they're actually using tools. And so, <laughs> and with me, my mom in her family, there were a lot of girls, so their dad taught them how to paint, how to do construction things, how to garden, and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas with me, completely opposite and now you know (laughs) hey ladies, we can save a lot of money when there's some things that we can take care of on our own but not just that you know I saw the network the the that that unity that family that community that connectness and that is something I feel like we need to know that hey we're not islands out here you know like you said those broken pieces Mm -hmm. even from the David, I'm trying not to talk too much, you know, um, from the song where he said "Creating me a clean heart, you know, and sometimes that unclean heart could be anger, it could be unforgiveness, it's something hey it could be, be that sense of failure, but you saying, hey, on the women under construction, hey, we, 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 we can rebuild we, we got it together we, we pushing forward so that's one of the things I saw in, in you know that touched my spirit my heart when I was looking at your website. One of the programs you have is Repair Angels in which you revitalize communities by repairing homes of elderly residents in underserved neighborhoods who are hopeless and whom life has forgotten. Where did this mission come from? Again, all of the programs, Darlene, that we do
1: really came from my heart, but also the heart of the women who are part of this organization. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know it or not, but we are 100 percent volunteer. We've got 21 women that we choose every year to become leaders uh, as part of the uh, organization. Mm-hmm. And um, and the people that are the women that we bring aboard, really, I hear their hearts as well. And repair angels came from the fact that I felt like, again, women, we're not servicing women who are older, but the what the word says, again, widows and, or- and orphans. Mm-hmm. And certainly this particular Repair Angels piece goes very much in line with what we do. And that is, again, our mission, repairing homes, building women, and changing lives. And Repair Angels basically is, uh, gives us an opportunity to work with elderly women um, and to, again, repair their lives. I heard a statistic not too long ago. 80% of men die married. 80% of women die single. And again, the reason why that struck me, um, that that was so important was because again, we're talking about elderly women. They don't have someone who can help them. They don't have someone who can actually do tangible things around their homes. And because they have fixed incomes, again, they in most cases live in less than um, or substandard conditions. So this program came out of one, my heart, because I had a grandmother that I absolutely positively adored, but also I realized as a single woman, no matter what age you are, Sometimes you just don't have the economics to be able to keep yourself in a, a, above water. And so this program not only helps the elderly and their homes, but also some of the women who are part of the organization, who are part of Women Under Construction, are learning how to do the home repair so that they can use it on their home investments,
0: their personal homes themselves. One thing, several things that you said, you know, um, but one in particular, I'm going to repeat you said strictly volunteer that's kingdom
1: because we live in a culture
0: now every most people and the reality of it is about how can I get money and that touches my heart because when it comes to kingdom work it is it's just like that question was asked in that story what is that one thing that you would do for free and it's so fulfilling and one of the things I'm going to share is when you are doing kingdom work, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added. Then for those women, I'm sure whatever the need is in their life, that provision is made because that's part of kingdom work is what they're doing and you talked about your grandmother even with my mother she was a retired educator with some major health issues and it was a woman that was most reliable in helping her get what she needed and I have you know an an elderly aunt now and um so it's the women who were there. We, I guess by nature, for the most part, we are nurturers. But I love the fact that when you said strictly volunteer, because the first thing people think about, oh, this is an opportunity for me to bank money. And it should not be that, you know, um, you know God will provide, but that, that's kingdom work. And the Bible does say that we are to take care of the widows. So my heart is touched by that as well. We're in such a digital world where a lot is consumed by social media, which has the younger generation doing many things at such a fast pace. What advice would you give younger women specifically on finding their way And trying to stay empowered and motivated. Darling, I would probably say um,
1: younger women these days, their, how do I wanna put this? Their priorities are a little different than what ours used to be. Mm-hmm. um clearly I'm in the second half of life at this point and so I look at that and and say what can I give back to those who are coming up behind us we have a program called I build you okay. it's I Build, short for I build university okay. and that program really is a mentoring program that still has that tool application um with it that and and the life parallels but what we try to do in that is mentor young women but we also take professionals and mentor them as well Mm -hmm. but i would probably say to young women and that would be look look back Mm -hmm. to what other women have done and know that they have in fact paved the road and that's a construction term they really have paved the road Mm -hmm. but at the same time look forward to see what you can do to make a difference something you said just a few minutes ago, and that is that, again, we are not an island unto ourselves. We have to learn how to build other people. And I would say, as you're growing as a young woman, actually young women, old woman doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. See what's in your toolbox of life. See mm-hmm. what tools you have and what we call tools are our experiences. Mm-hmm. What did we go through? What types of things are making us the woman that we are? So look at your tools and be able to use the tools in your personal toolbox to build somebody else. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about who we can build in this journey. So I would say more than anything, again, it's a what you and you talked about it. What's in it for me? I call it with them. What's in it for me? You know what? Again, I, I think it was I don't remember who it was, but one of the motivational speakers said. If you give enough people what they want, then you will ultimately get what you want. And that would, that's what I would speak into the lives of young women now. Mm-hmm. Again, yes, social media is important, but it's not the end-all be-all to your life. And I think even in terms of looking at the tools and the experiences of each of our lives,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: have to realize one, to build other people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but two, not to rely on the approval of others mm-hmm. in terms of moving forward in your life. Mm-hmm. This is a time when you have to learn how to be independent, but also not be, not cower back to the approval or non-approval of anybody
0: else. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully, and well said, you know, um, I love this about women being under construction I love the advice that you gave in terms of younger women and for the older women, we are to be that example and to be encouraging and to be uplifting to the younger women It's not about trying to mentorship guidance, direction, imparting wisdom, and so that's what I hear, you know, you saying in the midst of this, and it does start young, and it does, it is about being independent, and it is about developing, to learning how to make that basic foundation in the word of God, but we have to, okay. for, for folks like myself that are older were to be that example and just say come on baby and love and hug and nurture so they can move forward we're going to continue this wonderful interview with miss lane however it is time for a commercial break
1: Hey, my beautiful butterflies, I know y'all been wondering, where's Chrissy Collins and Coffee with Chrissy? Well, guess what? We are back and we're stronger than ever on E-Line TV. That's right, E-LineTV.com. Y'all, I'm so excited because on this streaming network, we're going to be doing so much. And with Coffee with Chrissy and you... The sky's the limit. So make sure you go and subscribe to e tv.com. It's free right now, but the prices are going to go up. So we want you to come on and jump on board right now. I can't wait. Y'all meet me there and make sure you have your cup of coffee ready.
0: Welcome back viewers. After the commercial break, we have been talking with Miss Shelly Lane, and she is the CEO and founder of the Women Under Construction Network, WUCN. So, Miss Lane, congratulations on being a 2022 AARP Purpose Prize Fellowship Recipient. With that recognition, what does it mean to you?
1: AARP, as you probably know, is a national organization and for our organization, or for me um, at the very least to be recognized by AARP is huge because of the reputation that AARP. For those who don't know, um, that particular award was given to people who are over the age of 50. Um, Who are working on, or who have done a particular thing, as it results to, as it as it as it means in terms of building um, an organization, and that's what I've been able to do. So I've been quite thankful and grateful to be able to be a recipient of AARP. That particular um, award allows us to have. First of all, it was a ten thousand dollar award to the organization, mm-hmm. as well as it helped us to um, have many supports, media supports, um, financial supports, just a number of pieces that will help our organization to grow. And again, just the exposure alone with AARP was a coup for us. So we, we are just so grateful to be part of that. And, and just so you'll know too, again, we were humbled because only 15 people every year are chosen out of the nation to become AARP recipients. So for them to choose Women Under Construction and choose me as the founder, amazing. Amazing.
0: Now I want to point this out, viewers. Listen to what she said. Okay, as a recipient of this award, what was it, $10,000? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Yes. Before the commercial break, remember she said, I want to let you all know, strictly volunteer. Do we remember that? Okay. We talked about seeking the kingdom. When you seek the kingdom, when you do purpose, when you're about obeying God and destiny, what did we say? The need will be supplied. And this is a prime example of that. The fact that here they are volunteering, here they are. She is a recipient of this award and God gave favor and bless them with some things that they need for women under construction and i'm sure there are more great things to come as well you had a syndicated radio spot at home tips in a minute what tips would you give with that segment
1: That segment was great fun. And I still do a few of them now, but basically what we did is we use tools to be able to again, parallel life. So as an example, if you were to use um, a hammer, which I have beside me, um, one of our hammers and the hammer, as well as the drill, we use as a a parallel to say, um, persistence is what a woman needs. She has to be persistent in what she does. If she were to use a drill or a hammer or an axe and go out and chop and chop at a tree at least five times a day, there is no doubt that that tree will come down. But clearly, if she goes out and she hammers the nail or she chops the tree and then she chops a whole bunch of other ones and never finishes that, then it's clear to me that that tree, that one tree is never going to come down. You're just going to have a whole lot of chop marks in every tree. So again, whether you're using a hammer or a drill or or, a, um, or an axe, mm-hmm. you're really looking at persistence. Again, another one would be a saw. Again, we use saws all the time to saw wood. And I would probably say as a tip, a saw as a woman would say to you, yes, you need to be able to have teeth to sink your teeth into something, but at the same time, use that saw To cut things off that are not beneficial in your life. Ah. If you've got habits, if you've got people, if you've got things in your life that are not benefiting who you are, you use that saw until you saw that off. And that's going to give you a clean cut. Mm -hmm. So again, all the tools that we have are used for some particular purpose. And we try to motivate women by teaching them how to use the tools as well as using those as life parallels.
0: I love it. (laughs) Can you give us one more? (laughs) Okay, let's see. All right. How about the hard hat? We use the hard hat
1: very, very um, frequently. And the reason why we use a hard hat clearly is because it's symbolic of women under construction, Mm -hmm. but clearly... With a woman's mind, we're all over the place. So we've got to protect our minds. We've got to protect our thoughts. We Mm. can't have negative thoughts, negative thinking, because what we plant in our mind is what's going to grow. Mm. So we have to be careful to protect our mind, protect our thoughts. That even goes into social media. How much are we watching Facebook? How much are we watching TikTok? Is that edifying to our minds? How much news are we, can, are, are we digesting? Are we consuming? How many television shows that don't benefit what we're thinking? So we've got to use the hard hat, and that is a good example of covering our minds. And even with the hard hat, we look at it as a covering. Who's our covering? Do we have a husband that's a covering? If we're not married, who's our covering? Do we have a shepherd? Do we have a pastor? Do we have someone who can watch over us that we're accountable to? So again, that hard hat is very symbolic of covering the things in our mind because our mind is our most valuable asset. So we need a hard hat as a woman.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Because the mind, you know, the Bible tells us to think on things that are pure. Think on things that are good. Think on things that are of you know those things that are of a good, good report. report. Yes, mm-hmm. the reason we have to think because like you said that heart had the mind controls the emotions the mind controls decisions that we make and so even in a scripture faith comes by hearing what are you like you're saying what is it that you are you listening to you, what, are, what are you listening to and even you know your inner circle is that inner circle of that person that you're close to are they building you up or are they pulling you down? Is it one? Huh? You're talking. Minute, uh-huh, you're, talking, you're, talking language, yes. you're talking my language, darling. You're talking my language. One minute they're saying something. Those <laughs> so small foxes that destroy the mind. And you know, are they saying something positive? One second, next minute, bam. So you got. We have to pay attention to that and be sensitive to what we connect ourselves to, what we're feeding ourselves. And even when you talked about the psalm, the word of God is. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any 2 uh-huh. or sword. Yes, it is. So, hey, there's some things, yeah, you got to cut off. You've got to guard the heart. We have to guard the heart, not just you, but I'm talking about myself. We have to guard our heart. And it's every day. I was talking to an aunt and um, on yesterday, and I was talking about today's show. And, that, and I was talking about the word recalibrate, and she said, you know, she said, tell them, now she's 84 years old, tell them they have to recalibrate every single day, and it's the truth. You get up in the morning, evening, whatever that routine is, we do, and it goes back to that mental state of mind, you know, just kind of Who Get that quiet time in, get that reflection time in, and we'll be surprised at how we can take off in just those steps.
1: And let me say one other thing, if I can, Darlene, you talked about recalibrating and one of the tools that we would use to um, signify that or to um, exemplify that would be a a leveler, a level. And a level for the most part helps us to keep balance. If you don't know what a level is, it's a tool that has a little bubble of water in it and you can put it against the wall to make sure that the curtain is level or the picture is level. And again, we need, we need balance in our minds and that's something like recalibrating. So yeah. clearly, even in that, that tool, the leveler helps us mind, body and spirit, but it just helps us to keep balance. So again, that's another tool to help us to recalibrate that's in our toolbox, the yeah. level. Yes, I am
0: loving this. Okay, we are a faith-based show. How has your faith journey helped your career?
1: The Lord is my all and end all. He just is. Mm -hmm. And I don't apologize for that at all. We go through things and we don't often know why we go through what we go through when we go through tragedies or situations that we just don't understand, I went through a divorce, went through bankruptcy, went through um, foreclosure, went through just a myriad of things. And I couldn't understand it at the time, but I kept my faith. I kept believing, okay, God, now you have me going through this for a reason. Now in the by and by, but in the earthly by and by, Mm -hmm. I can understand why God has allowed me to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. So my faith has been the, um, has been the catalyst for helping me to do what I do with women. And again, had I not had faith, had God not allowed me to go through what I went through, there would not be a Women Under Construction Network. Mm -hmm. There would just not be. So Mm -hmm. it was my faith that was clearly the tools and the foundation, and again, I'm talking construction work now, Mm -hmm. um, that helped to rebuild me to be the woman that I am, to be able to lead the women that I do. And again, I take no credit for it. It is clearly the love of God that allowed me to do what I do. And again, he has been the architect, the carpenter, Mm -hmm. um, and every part of the building in terms of the woman that I am, and the women that I serve. Mm -hmm. So clearly
0: faith. So I, I'm listening to you. And so how am I trying to say this? To viewers that are listening, you hear Miss Lane telling her story. And I often say, hey, send me your story. Basically, she's saying, I've been shipwrecked. I've been saying to you, I've been shipwrecked. But through that, the grace of God and by faith, Look at where she is right now. Look at how she's able to pour out from a sincere heart. And she's genuinely sincere. I can feel it even as we're talking and what she's doing in community. So, when I'm saying to you, get up, get moving, and live, it's time for you to live your life. But recognize first that, hey, I'm Under construction, I need mm-hmm. to let this go so that I can be a positive effect and a positive effect on human lives. So for those of you who are listening right now, you've got so much on the inside of you. So listen to what Miss Lane is saying and, and do what needs to be done so you can move to that next level with everything that you have kind of accomplished. I read in your bio, a book is on its way. Can you share a little bit about it, that
1: book? <laughs> I can, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm so humbled, darling. I would probably say that that particular book, it's called DIY Girl, as uh-huh. in do-it-yourself girl. Uh-huh. And, um, and the reason that I wrote the book is because I wanted women to understand, again, my problem was divorce and finances and foreclosure and bankruptcy and mm-hmm. single, single parenting and all of that. But I wrote that so that the tools in it, and they are actual tools, so I talk about how tools um, relate to life and how those things help me to build the woman that I am. I would probably say to women, if you have had loss in any area, doesn't have to be a divorce, it could be death, it could be a divorce, it could be loss of income, it could be loss of a job, it could be health or illness or whatever it is. When that book comes out, take a look at it. And that's not for me to sell books. That's for you to take a look at what your situation is and use it to build the woman that you're going to be, because that book will help you to start the construction plan
0: of your life. Where can people get in, in contact with you and your organization? Okay, please, if you would, and thank you so much
1: for allowing us to do this. The website is www.wucnetwork.org. Again, wucnetwork.org. And again, you'll have a phone number and every way that you can contact us. And we would love to have women be involved in the Women Under Construction Network.
0: Again, viewers, our guest has been Ms. Shelley Lane. And she is, has a great organization called Women Under Construction. I wanna say thank you. And viewers will be back for the African Connection after the commercial break. Thank you.
1: Love, Yana. Uh, Transitional housing is about to uh, take place and acquire their first home. So we're on the journey right now looking for, you know, the home that we're going to actually choose.
0: I am Keona Webster, Empowerment for the Powerless. I am from Florida, Mississippi. Once again, welcome back. And we are in our final segment of Young's uplifting expressions. And we have had a wonderful interview with Miss Shelley Lane. Now it is time for the African Connection, which is about African culture, education, politics, and spirituality. The origins all began out of Africa. Today, our segment is going to be about the late Bishop Desmond Tutu. And one of his quotes is, all of humanity, let me go backwards, I'm moving a little bit too fast, all of humanity is dependent upon recognizing the humanity in others. I want you to listen to this story about Bishop Desmond Tutu.
2: Town, 1989, a clarion call to freedom. Before more than 20,000 protesters, Anglican Archbishop Desmond Tutu appealed for the birth of a new nation and an end to the iron grip of apartheid. I want you
3: to lift your hands. I want you to say our march to freedom.
2: Nearly five years later, in 1994, Tutu helped introduce the world to South Africa's first black president, Nelson Mandela. And in the process, he witnessed the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. Desmond Tutu was born in 1931 in a small mining town before his family moved to Johannesburg. It was an era when South Africa's white minority codified long-standing racial segregation into rigidly enforced apartheid and deliberately de-emphasized education for black people. That prompted Tutu to abandon a teaching career for the clergy. He joined the Anglican Church and quickly rose through the ranks, gaining notice as he spoke out against the white government and condemned apartheid. In 1976, unrest in the black township of Soweto boiled over into riots. The government's brutal response left hundreds dead, mostly young and black, and sparked an international outcry. The years that followed saw Tutu rise to become Archbishop of Cape Town and gain international recognition as one of the anti-apartheid movement's strongest advocates behind the pulpit and on the streets. The day anybody can show me that the Bible supports
3: apartheid, that day I will take my Bible
2: and tear it into little strips and i will stop being a christian he rejected the u.s policy of constructive engagement with south africa's white regime and instead vigorously supported economic boycotts of his own country those efforts earned him the nobel prize for peace in 1984. afterward in an interview with the news hour he mused on the meaning of the award
3: it is saying that um, Uh, The world cares about oppression and injustice, and it is saying to our people, uh, and this is their prize, uh, don't give up, Uh, don't give up the struggle. There is a light at the end of the tunnel.
2: The light grew ever brighter as apartheid crumbled. Mandela was released from prison and ultimately elected president. Together, they worked to usher in a new era for South Africa. Mandela would later call Tutu the voice of the voiceless, and he named the archbishop to lead the country's Truth and Reconciliation Commission. In his 1999 NewsHour interview, the archbishop talked about that desire for reconciliation even in the face of decades of brutality.
3: I am human because you are human. Uh, My humanity is caught up in yours, and if you are dehumanized, I am dehumanized, and Anger and resentment and retribution are corrosive of this great good, the harmony that has got to exist between people and that is why our people have been committed to the reconciliation where we used restorative rather than retributive justice.
2: Tutu became Archbishop Emeritus in 1996 but expanded his outreach, tackling issues outside of his home borders. He visited Rwanda after the horrific ethnic genocide in the early 90s, and he weighed in on the Israeli Palestinian conflict, at times likening Israeli actions to apartheid era South Africa. He later criticized the post 9 11 U.S. led war in Iraq, calling it immoral. In 2009, President Obama awarded Tutu the Presidential Medal of Freedom, America's highest civilian honor. A year later, on his 79th birthday, he announced he would step away from public life, opting to spend his days with his family. I,
3: w- I really want to, to engage in the uh, contemplative life uh, because you know, often when people are in love, they 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 just want to sit and be together, and and I want. To try and be a bit more of that with God, but also to have some quality time with uh, the mother of my children.
2: (laughs) Still, he maintained his interest in human rights at home and abroad, despite bouts of illness that had him in and out of hospitals in his final years.
0: Our trivia question is, what is Bishop Desmond Tutu best known for, opposition to apartheid in South Africa, attending St. Peter's Theological College, or winning the Nobel Prize for Peace in 1984? And I'm sure everybody got the right answer to this. The answer is, was his opposition to apartheid in South Africa. And one other thing I want to note about Bishop Tutu is that he is in in this documentary talked about him going into education, but he was actually accepted into a medical school, but because he was so poor, that's how he ended up going into um, uh, education. And sometimes we may have things in mind and it may not work out the way we think it should, But there's always an option that's always another door. And sometimes the path we think we should take may not be the one that God has for us to take. So wherever you are, if if the door seems to be closed for you, it may be an issue of timing. It may be an issue if this is not where God is taking you. But trust in God, fast and pray, and know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light, and that the spirit of God is what's going to guide you. So next week, we are going to talk about the history of African hairstyles. That's going to be our African connection topic on next week. Thank you, viewers, for watching Young's uplifting expressions on today. It has been a great show because you have been participants in it because you're listening and you're watching. And so I am always excited about our shows. I want you to remember to go to e-line tv.com, iHeartRadio, Apple, and Spotify. Those are our podcasts. Platforms. I really would love to hear from you. I really would love to share your stories because I know you have something that other people need to know about. So go to my website at yuexpressions.com and there is a section for comments. So just write me and hit click on the submit button because I really would like to hear from you. And remember to recalibrate. It's not too late. You have purpose. You have destiny in life. So don't give up. Hey, take the saw and saw off. Get rid of whatever whatever it is you may need to get rid of. Hey, just keep pressing forward. And you know what I am going to tell you before I leave on today, is to get up, to get moving, and to live. It is time for you to live your life.
2: Thank you, viewers, and I'll see you next week.